are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Tuesday, December 22nd, and a reminder for you all out there, if you are liking what you are hearing here on the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, make sure to subscribe and follow wherever you get this show. And if you're really liking it, give us a five-star rating and a review. A guy I would give a five-star rating is Dustin Schutte. He's the managing editor for Saturday Tradition, covering all things Big Ten football and basketball, and he joins us today on what is normally our state of the program episode on a Tuesday on the Locked On Big Ten show. But now that the Big Ten football season in earnest is over, this is the state of the conference episode, the state of the Big Ten conference. So no better man to join us than Dustin Schutte. Dustin, pleasure to have you here. It's always fun. And Ben, I'm going to have to like hire you to be my personal intro man or, you know, narrator or something to my life. Because every time I come on this show, you always give me this wonderful um, you know, introduction. So I'm, I'm, I need to have you around more in my life. I just I'll have to make a, make a check out to you to come follow me around someday. Dustin, whenever you need me, I am there. And it is genuine. I truly believe these things. I'm not just saying it for farce to build up some hype for the program. I do believe it. And especially if you're going to write a check, I will definitely be by your side whenever you need me. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get it done sometime. So instead of our normal State of the Program Tuesday episode, where we check in with just one or maybe two member institutions from the Big Ten Conference, this is an overall look back at the Big Ten football season that was the State of the Conference episode here on the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Dustin and I are going to go over our three biggest takeaways from this Big Ten football season. It could be an instant reaction to Big Ten Champions Week. It could be about the season in general. Whatever it may be, we will give you our takes and our reaction to the 2020 Big Ten football season while crazy as it was everything as we look back on these great nine weeks in the Big Ten football campaign so Dustin let's start with you your number one overall takeaway from the Big Ten 2020 college football season well to me there there are so many things that we could take away but to me it's it's the how we got through to this point, how we got to championship week, how we were able to play a Big Ten championship game, and how now we have five Big Ten teams that are going to be playing in bowl games this postseason. One of those is going to be playing for a national championship, obviously Ohio State going 6-0. and uh, I don't think enough was made. You know, the Big Ten caught a lot of heat and flack this offseason in August for, you know, putting out a 10-game schedule, that beautiful, beautiful 10-game schedule with bye weeks uh, built in and, and no uh, controversy whatsoever. I know, uh, right? It's just remember it's just like Jango. 41. Oh, what a great time. <laughs> it was so great. And, and it, it was just a beautiful schedule. And then that gets canceled. We look like we don't, we're not going to have a season players, parents, fans, coaches fight for their players, fight for their teams, their schools. And we get to um, see an, a nine game schedule, you know, and we see Penn state and Rutgers make it to the finish line, playing all nine games and, and a handful more. Uh, I can't remember, think of all the schools off the top of my head, but I think Nebraska, Iowa um, played eight games. Uh, just remarkable job. All those student athletes, coaches, parents, admin, staff, they all deserve so much credit because this could have been a complete disaster. And here we are at the finish line. And I think the big 10 played around 80% of its football games this season. And I think if you would have asked a lot of people back in August with a nine week uh, or nine games in nine week schedule, would you get that high of a percentage? I think a lot of people would have said no. So I think that's my number one takeaway. And a lot of credit goes to everybody. The the 14 institutions just did a, a great job, even though there were some hiccups along the way. 
I completely agree with you. That is my number one overall takeaway as well. It's a focus on positivity. In the year 2020, where there has been so little of it, let's highlight the positivity from this Big Ten football season. Like you mentioned, this is a stat that I got from you, Dustin Schutte. 46 of these scheduled 56 Big Ten regular season football games were played. That's about an 82% clip. That's positive. Obviously, you're going to focus on the cancellations in some of the big games like the game, the old Oaken Bucket, all of that stuff. It makes sense. That can be a natural human progression. However, an 82% clip of the games that were scheduled to be played in the Big Ten football campaign were. And in a compacted nine-week season, it pretty much went exactly as we expected, trying to fit in all of those games. Also highlight the teams in this conference. You mentioned Rutgers and Penn State. They both played all nine games that they were scheduled to play, including two great games in Big Ten Champions Week. And both of those teams, by the way, ending the year with some positivity heading into 2021. Penn State, after starting off 0-5 and everybody's thinking, what is happening in Happy Valley? They end the year figuring things out, winning four straight games. Things seem to be a little bit more controlled in State College as they look to 2021. And what a year for the return of Greg Schiano to Piscataway in that Rutgers football program. A close loss to Nebraska on Big Ten Champions Week on that Friday night, but still three wins in a Big Ten-only season when it took them four years total to get three Big Ten wins before Shiano returned. He is the man for that program. The future is very bright in New Jersey for that Rutgers Scarlet Knights program. And let's highlight Nebraska for some positivity because the Huskers finally end the year on a high note. I have said, since Scott Frost was hired, that he is the man for that team in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can go back and look at my track record, even when I was covering the team as a sports reporter anchor at KMTV3 News, now in Omaha, Nebraska. I always thought he was the guy for that program, but for the first two years of his tenure, only negativity to end out the year. And then you lead to the questions in the offseason. It seemed it was going to be that way after a loss to Minnesota in the regular season finale at Memorial Stadium two Saturdays ago, but with the win over Rutgers on Friday night, it wasn't necessarily pretty. There were definitely some issues in terms of penalties and turnovers for Nebraska. However, they end the year with a win with positivity. I know what that means to the fans of that Cornhusker football program across the entire state. So we highlight positivity, both Dustin and I, as our number one overall takeaway from this 2020 Big Ten football season. And I think you bring up a great point, and not to get into some of my other big takeaways here, but I, I think Nebraska, you bring up a great point with them finally ending on a positive note. And that was that was probably one of the uglier games that they played this season, but it gets overshadowed because they win, right? They had nine penalties in that game. They had four turnovers, They and they weren't like Rutgers wasn't taking away. <laughs> Nebraska was essentially giving the football away. Yeah. Uh, they, they outgained them by 400 yards. Can you imagine what that would have been like uh, if that was a loss? So it, it's, it's crazy to me, but you look at the final four weeks, and Nebraska beats Purdue. They are in a, they, they hang with Iowa, a really good Iowa team, probably the, a team that's playing the second best of any team in the Big Ten Conference when it closed out the season. Mm -hmm. And then you have that dud against Minnesota. There was really no excuse for that, but still a one possession game. And then you close out the win with the win. So you win and play really well in three of your final four games. I think there's a lot to build on there. And then you go back, you know, obviously Scott Frost was dealing with stuff this year that kind of got overshadowed. Um, you know, some of the personal things with, with his losing his dad. And then obviously, you know, the players having to go through all these protocols and you ha hired a new offensive coordinator, the record doesn't look good. There are flashes there. They're still a little too inconsistent for a lot of people's likings. And I think fans of Nebraska would agree with that, but I do think that there's a little bit more momentum heading into the off season maybe this year than we've seen in the previous two years under his tenure. So it's going to be really interesting to see where they hit come spring practice. 
Right. As Dustin mentioned, it's still a three and five overall record for Nebraska this year. It was a glorified exhibition in that win over Rutgers, but a win truly means something. You could see Scott Frost after that game say how tough this season was for that Nebraska football program, who was the butt of every joke around the Big Ten Conference and really around college football. And so for them to get a win to end it all means something. I know what that media circus is like covering a Nebraska football team in the offseason, especially if it wasn't a great year before. So even a win in a glorified exhibition that was Big Ten Champions Week means something for that Husker football program and their sights heading in to 2021. So as we look back at the 2020 Big Ten football season with Dustin Schutte, the managing editor of Saturday Tradition, and we kind of take a stroll down memory lane, I'm going to do that with Coors Light. I'm going to sit back, relax, and think about the 2020 Big Ten football that was. All the good, all the bad, all that we enjoyed throughout this 2020 Big Ten football season. And I'm going to chill out and do that with the only beer made to chill out, the beer that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. Coors Light was by my side all Big Ten football season long because Coors Light is the official beer of Washington. Watching any Big Ten football game just to drink a beer. So flip through the channels, find your favorite Big Ten football team, and crack open a Coors Light. We look back at the 2020 regular season and Champions Week, but we still have plenty of Big Ten football on the horizon. Bowl season is here. We are in the thick of it. We will enjoy that with Coors Light by our side for all five Big Ten teams during bowl season, including that college football playoff with Ohio State. I say that Coors Light is made to chill and perfect to sit back and watch Big Ten football with because Mountain Cold Refreshment is in Coors Light's DNA. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. The Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado makes a beer that is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button as well, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Christmas is on Friday. We are also in the thick of the holiday season as we are in the thick of bowl season. You're going to be a little stressed out with family and all that comes with it. So sit back, relax, and choose the beer that is made to chill. Hit the reset button, sit back on your couch, relax, watch some Big Ten athletics, and enjoy Coors Light by your side. And you don't have to do a lot to get Coors Light delivered directly to you because all you have to do is go to get.coorslight.com to get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door. Go to get.coorslight.com to get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door. Take the hassle out of this holiday season with Coors Light. We will celebrate responsibly. We will enjoy the Big Ten football that we had and still have left, and we will do it all with the beer that is literally made to chill. That's Coors Light. So we look back at the Big Ten football season, but we also look ahead. Are we ready for some football? I can say confidently here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, yes, we are. College football is now in bowl season, and there are some big matchups even today, and especially heading through these next couple of weeks. The NFL regular season is also finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer by the day. And there is only one place that has you covered for everything, and one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That one place is Bet Online. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N for your 50% welcome bonus. I say we are in the thick of bowl season and that we have bowl games today on Tuesday. There's a great bowl game on Tuesday, UCF and BYU. As our friends at betonline.ag have it right now, the Cougars are a six and a half point favorite. There are five Big Ten teams playing in this bowl season, including Ohio State and the CFP. Four of those five teams are favorites right now on betonline.ag, according to our good friends, Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana, 
and Northwestern are all favorites in their bowl matchups. The only Big Ten team that is an underdog is Ohio State in that college football playoff semifinal against the Clemson Tigers in the Sugar Bowl. The Buckeyes currently are a seven and a half point underdog, according to our friends at betonline.ag. I think that spread gets a little bit higher, which might be a ripe time to bet on the Buckeyes. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore throughout the rest of this college football season. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. On this Tuesday, our Big Ten State of the Conference episode here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast continues. And I say on this Tuesday because Friday is Christmas. We will not have a show on Christmas, but mainly this is about the holiday season. The holidays are about giving. So I'm going to give you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash to pay for those holiday gifts. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every single episode subscribe to locked on bets today wherever you get your podcast for all of lee's red hot tips throughout this betting season we will have some red hot betting tips when it comes to big 10 basketball for this christmas weekend but now it's the big 10 state of the conference so dustin shooty your next overall reaction number two in your list from this big 10 football season uh to me it's the you know, the way Indiana was kind of overlooked this season and, and big mm. 10 Ben had a great mm. viral video in this. And I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw Rutgers into this category too, because I don't think Tom Allen got a lot of appreciation. Somehow this is really strange to me. Tom Allen is like the love of the co- Like he's the darling of the college football season. Everybody loves Tom Allen. And yet it's almost like he doesn't coach Indiana because Indiana gets absolutely no credit for what it accomplished this season. They go six and one, their only losses to Ohio state. They don't get into a new year's six bowl. They, for some reason, Ohio- one of the reasons Ohio state gets into the playoff is because it beat Indiana. And yet preach it, preach in- it, Dustin. And Let's then go. Indiana, and then Indiana does not get into a New Year's Six Bowl because they lost to Ohio State and didn't have any other wins on their schedule. I mean, I just don't know. They legitimately beat everybody else on their schedule. Like, what else do you want them to do? And I know you can make that gripe for teams like Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. But to me, it was an extreme level with Indiana because, you know, as you pointed out again, and I've shared that video and I'll continue to share it maybe once a week until we get to next season because it was so good and, and hit on all the right parts. But it's just crazy to me that Indiana got so disrespected. Uh, and then I look at Rutgers and and that's a team with if Indiana's not in the conference, if Tom Allen is not in the conference this season, uh, Greg Shiano would have been the Big Ten coach of the year. I mean, to take right. a team that had lost, what, 21 straight Big Ten games coming into this season, hadn't won a conference game. Um, uh, in two full seasons to have them win three games and they lost three more games by one score. They lost to Illinois by three. They lost to Nebraska by seven. Um, and then they lost another one score contest. For some reason, I'm blanking on it. That uh, Michigan but they, overtime game. Y- yes, they Mich- should yes. have won. Had they played yes. for the win in overtime, Sean Gleason, how we've been a little bit more aggressive. Rutgers very easily could have knocked off the Wolverines. Yeah, it, you, that field goal goes in at the end of, uh, I don't know if it was regulation or overtime, but they would have won that game. So so you're looking at a Rutgers team that legitimately could have finished 6-3. and three. That is insane to me. So Greg Schiano, I was questioning the hire because typically – you know, that, that old cliche, the sequel is very uh, rarely better than the than the original. Uh, mm-hmm. But that looks like it might be the case in Piscataway because of what he's done with the transfer portal, the way he has those teams. I mean, just the difference in how they play. I mean, they don't care who they're going up against. They're going to fight. And I said this, you know, after the game, 
Rutgers is going to be the Northwestern of the Big Ten East, and that doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're going to be competing with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every year for, for a spot in Indianapolis, but they are going to be a pain in the backside to everybody they play, and you're going to be happy when you get a win because for three and a half, four hours in the coming years, every team that they play is going to be biting their fingernails because of how, how improved and just, just how gritty that team is. I think the number one word that people use to describe that Northwestern Wildcat football program is pesky. And I think you can describe Rutgers like that now. And you mentioned the games they probably should have won. They came into that game against Illinois, had a lead at the half, should have won that game. They were beating Michigan bad at the half. And had they been more aggressive in the second, probably would have beat Michigan. (laughs) That's five regular season wins. And even in their losses, they were still incredibly competitive. Normally in years, if they were going down a touchdown after the first possession, that game is over. Rutgers is getting blown out. But in the game against Ohio State in week number two, or week number three, rather, they come back and outscore the Buckeyes in the second half. They beat Ohio State in the final 30 minutes, 24 to 14. And I know that doesn't matter for the overall win total. I get it. But in the game against Indiana as well, they had the craziest play in college football history that never actually counted. That would have been a single digit game had that score been up held. So Rutgers is not a doormat anymore. They will be fighting in the Big Ten East. My number two overall impression from this 2020 Big Ten football season is what is happening in the coaching world in the Big Ten Conference. Of course, we know the big news from the weekend. Brett Bielema is back in the Big Ten Conference. He is the new Illinois head coach. He had a 74% winning percentage in his time at the helm of the Wisconsin football program, brought the Badgers to two Rose Bowls, but just 29-34 and 34 in his five seasons at the helm of Arkansas. Will Manball work in Champaign, Illinois. It's going to be a tougher test. They don't have the man ball prerequisites that a Wisconsin football program has, but if they can replicate a little bit of that, the expectations for an Illinois football program are not Rose Bowls or bust like it is for Wisconsin. So maybe Brett Bielema is the guy in Champaign. Dustin Schutte, do you have any thoughts on if Bert, as we love to call him, will be successful at the helm of Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I got to remember to call him Bert. Like there's no other, you don't even need another word. Just Bert. Just Bert is all we need. That's Mm -hmm. Bert's back in the big. Uh, So when I initially saw this hire, like the, the, the friends episode where Ross is just like, why, why would you do that? (laughs) Kind of popped into my head because I thought, you know, this is kind of a stale hire. Uh, It's hard to gauge a coach by their success at Wisconsin because as I, like Gary Anderson was 19 and seven at Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and so that, you know, that kind of nullifies anything that was accomplished. And, and I know he did a lot of good there. He did some, he did some good things at Arkansas. It's just, that's just a really tough division to win in. Um, but I thought it was kind of a stale hire. And then you watch his introductory press conference on Monday and he's pressing all the right buttons. And it sounds like not only um, does he want to get back into coaching, but I think he believes that he can do well at Illinois. And that's what you have to have. One of the biggest gripes about the Lovey Smith era, at least among Illinois fans, was that the in- in-state recruiting was so bad. And this was a guy who, who led the Bears to the Super Bowl. you know. And, and so you would think that in the Chicago area, St. Louis, and all throughout the state, that would still be appealing to some of those players, but it just wasn't. Of course, he mm-hmm. did get some really good guys, some, you know, a Marquise Beeson and Isaiah Williams and Kendrick Green and some of those other guys um, who are on that roster. He was able to recruit some good guys, but it really takes a full state. And it sounds like Brett Bielema is going to put an emphasis on that state. And I think that that's first and foremost, the, the, the priority. And I think that that's going to translate into more wins. And as you said, this isn't a team that's trying to win the big 10 or win the big 10 West every year. They're trying to consistently get to bowl games 
They're essentially trying to be like a Minnesota or a Northwestern. They want to consistently get to bowl games and maybe have that one year every four or five seasons where they're a real big contender in the Big Ten West. And I think, you know, like I said, we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm a little bit more excited about this hire than I was about 24 hours ago. So I think he can do some really big things. And speaking of potential coaching changes in the state of Illinois, Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach of Northwestern, has garnered a lot of attention from the National Football League. Even Adam Schefter reporting on Sunday that multiple teams have already reached out to see if they can speak with Pat in terms of taking on a head coaching job in the NFL following the Wildcats loss in the Big Ten title game. Could Pat Fitzgerald go? Might there be an opening in Illinois with those Chicago Bears? Might there be another opening on the National Football League level that Pat entertains? I don't know. If there was ever a year, though, Pat has always expressed that he is focused on building up that Northwestern football program, but two Big Ten West championships in the past three years. So that the standard has been set, right? But his athletic director, Jim Phillips, who has been there for a while, will now be the new ACC commissioner. His longtime defensive coordinator, Mike Hankwitz, has announced that he is retiring following this 2020 Big Ten football season. Mike Hankwitz, who Pat Fitzgerald loves, was at Northwestern as their D.C. for 13 seasons. If there's ever a time of a revolving door and things are changing a little bit, this might be that year for Pat Fitzgerald. I don't think he takes that next leap to the NFL. I still think he is Northwestern's head coach in 2021, but... There is interest out there in terms of trying to get Pat to jump ship. I think this is the one time where a Northwestern fan would be very concerned because of all the things you pointed out. If the Chicago Bears job becomes available, if there's some interest there, he's losing his AD uh, and he's losing his defensive coordinator. It's been the, you know, that, that's been the staple of Northwestern's football program for, for the last two decades. Uh, and I'm going to throw something else out here that I don't know if we're talking about it enough. When it comes to Pat Fitzgerald, you just lost. You had a really good, you had one of the best teams you've had at Northwestern. It would have been mm-hmm. fun to see what this team could have done in a full season. You finish six and one, you play Ohio State in the bowl game. Ohio State is without 22 of its players, and you still can't beat them. And I wonder how devastating that is to a guy like Pat Fitzgerald who says, I've been in this league for, you know, what two decades, if you go back yeah. to his, um, if you go back to his, uh, you know, assistant days with that program. Right and we still can't get over the hump, you have to wonder if he's ever thinking like, is it possible to get over the hump? Can I do this at Northwestern? Because he's never going to be able to recruit the same kind of players that Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan has. Um, It's just not possible with the academic standards and the location and everything else that they're fighting against. So to me, I would have almost thought they would, he would have had a better opportunity to stay if they would have won that big 10 championship game and say, you know what, this, this can be done at Northwestern, but when you have done it twice and you've got, you got blown out a couple of years ago, you lose by 21 points in 2018. And then again, you have everything playing in your favor. You have a great team. You finally have a really good quarterback that can get the job done in Peyton Ramsey. Uh, and then you play a team that was without, you know, some of its top offensive and defensive players and you still fall by two scores. That, that has to be tough for a guy like him. It's the holiday season. It's bowl season. We just played nine games of Big Ten football in nine weeks. Talk about breaking through a wall. Whatever your wall is, whether it's mental or physical, whether it's getting through a workout at the end of your workday, whether it's getting through this hectic holiday season, whatever that wall may be, Built Go is the solution to break through that wall because Built Go makes you the best you at whatever it is you do. It is easy to take in an ounce and a half package that you can take with you wherever you go. It's the best workout gel on the market because Built Go 
and the energy that it contains is not fake, it is lasting, and it is natural. It continues to work throughout the entirety of your day. There is no sluggish feeling. There is no crash feeling. I don't get to like 2.30, 3 o'clock and like, oh, I could use a nap right now. No, Built Go powers through my entire day. And the focus with Built Go is also not just on that lasting energy, it's on protein on top of it. That means that what you are putting into your body is good for you. So visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every Tuesday here on the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, it is our State of the Program episode, or on today's edition, it is the State of the Big Ten Conference episode. Every Tuesday at Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday night football action and top fantasy storylines around the league with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must-starts, and more. It is the thick of fantasy football playoffs as well. So make sure to tune in to Locked On NFL and subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. That is what they do every Tuesday. This Tuesday, it is the Big Ten State of the Conference. And Pat Fitzgerald obviously has a wonderful understanding of what that Northwestern football program has in its bank, right? He played there back to the neck roll days. He's been an assistant, now the head coach. He understands what it means to coach at Northwestern, but he is also a very fiery competitor who maybe has bigger aspirations. We don't necessarily know. Again, I think he will be Northwestern's head coach in 2021, but Dustin brings up a great point. This could be all a melting pot to lead to a possible next step for Pat. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to me, there's there's one other thing. I, I think that he's going to be the head coach in 2021 um, as well. I, I think that he is if, – if he leaves for the NFL, he can come back. I think that he has the opportunity to – if he says, you know what, I'm going to step away. I'm going to see what this NFL life is all about, and if he's not successful, if he doesn't if, – if he doesn't like it, if he says, you know what, I tried it, this isn't for me – he can come back to Northwestern in three or five years and get that job back. I assume um, I know it's going to be a little bit more difficult now that Jim Phillips isn't the athletic director, but let's not pretend like they wouldn't welcome him back to Northwestern with open arms. So I think that would probably also play a factor in his decision-making. I think it would be a lot like Greg Schiano for Rutgers. It's a guy that knows what yeah. makes that football program tick better than probably anybody else in the coaching realm. So if it doesn't work out on the NFL level, if for some reason Pat Fitzgerald goes, I think there will always be a home for him in Evanston, Illinois. One final coaching note. We still have some questions about Jim Harbaugh. We expect an extension at Michigan, but that will be something we monitor here over the next couple of weeks. Now that Michigan's football season is over in athletic director Ward Manuel in Ann Arbor saying that is when the full conversations with Jim Harbaugh about his future at the helm of Michigan will take place. So let's get on to our third and final overall takeaway from the 2020 Big Ten football season with Dustin Schutte, the managing editor of Saturday Tradition. Dustin, what is the last one in your mind that you want the Big Ten fans recognize and realize about this Big Ten football season? 
Man, you set it up and it's going to be such a boring one, but I, but I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about it. And I wish I could talk about the positivity. First of all, this is going to be 3A and then I'll go 3B. So 3A is a lot of credit to Penn State. They started out 0-5. James Franklin, a heck of a coach to get that team to four wins this season, finishing with four straight victories. This team looked like they shut it down against Maryland. They had no fire. Um, They just looked like they were going through the motions, and then somehow something clicked. I know they lost to Nebraska that following week. Had a really good opportunity to win that game in the second half, fell short, and then after that, they played really good football, and I think that that's a positive thing taking into the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what they do with 2021. And then obviously Kirk Ferentz, the offseason struggles and the issues and the turmoil they went through, they started out 0-2 and everybody's kind of scratching their head and like, you know, is this guy going to be here in 2021? Is he going to be terminated? Is he going to just throw his hands up and say, you know what, I'm not the guy who can turn this program around um, from what, you know, the accusations and, and all the issues that they had in the offseason in previous seasons. But that team gelled together. They came together. Mm-hmm. You saw even parents say, you know, I've never seen a closer group of student athletes and coaches right now. And they finished the season six and two playing probably, like I said, outside of Ohio state, the best football in the big 10, they were probably the best defensive team in the big 10. Uh, it would have been fun to see them play Purdue when they were rolling, see them play Northwestern when they were rolling. Cause they, they had the potential to be an eight, no football team and play Ohio state in the big 10 championship game. And that would have yep. been a lot of fun. But, Ben, you brought up the great point of Jim Harbaugh, and we don't know. And I think that's the biggest takeaway. Right now, we still don't know if he's going to be the head coach in 2021. I think he will. I think we're going to see something like a three- or four-year contract extension. But what I'm really looking forward to and what I really want to read is that contract because I think with a smaller salary, a lower buyout, I think essentially what that is going to read is essentially – You have a really strong recruiting class coming in. We're going to allow you to continue to recruit to the University of Michigan. But if in 2021 we're not winning 10 games, we don't beat Ohio State, we're not in a high-profile New Year's Six Bowl game or or win the East or in the Big Ten Championship game, you're going to have to find another job. Uh, So that the language and how that plays out, I think he will be there in 2021. I don't think they're going to be able to justify him being terminated this year. There were high expectations for Michigan this season. I thought that they were going to have like a seven and five, eight and four year anyway, because of all they lost offensively. Some of their key defensive pieces were, were um, leaving to the NFL and, and, and graduated last season. So, but I do think that he gets a contract extension, but it's going to be really, really interesting to read what that contract looks like, because I think the writing's going to be on the wall. And if you read between the lines, it's going to say, you got to win in 2021, or we're going to start finding a new head coach. And then we'll start talking about Matt Campbell more seriously as the next Michigan head coach. I always thought it was going to be a difficult year for Michigan as well, but the bright spot for fans of that Wolverines football program is the fact it was a very young and inexperienced Michigan team, really on both sides of the ball. They had to replace four out of their five starting offensive linemen. They were breaking in a new quarterback with Joe Milton, who was supposed to be Cam Newton. It doesn't seem he is quite there (laughs) yet, but Cade McNamara also great, and they bring in one of the best pocket passers in this next 2021 recruiting class in J.J. McCarthy as well. We'll see how that plays out. And especially on the defensive side of the ball, very young and inexperienced, especially in that back four in the secondary. We will see, though, if Don Brown is back with Jim Harbaugh in 2021. I would not be surprised if there's some changes in the coaching staff, even if Harbaugh remains as the head coach. So I started my first takeaway with positivity. I end it with a little bit of negativity because that surrounded the Big Ten Conference all of this year. 
and the way that the Big Ten falls now in the national conversation. First, you look at how people feel, even in the Big Ten conference, about the league office and about the Council of Chancellors and Presidents. It is not as high as it once was. The Big Ten used to have this prestige about them, this esteem to them of this conference. You saw it even back when they were the first to announce the conference-only schedule. They thought they would be paving the way. It was not the case. Can they redeem that image moving forward in the national conversation? And then you look at how it affected the actual teams as we got to the end of this college football season. We talked about Indiana and their slight of not playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. A 6-1 and one Indiana team, the second best team in the Big Ten East, the only team in college football history that is a one-loss Power 5 program that will not play in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think some of that has to do with how the Big Ten prioritized Ohio State and even the Buckeyes, the darling of the Big Ten Conference, and rightfully so, rightfully so because they are the breadwinner. And I don't really mind the Big Ten accommodating Ohio State, but even the Buckeyes right now, as it stands, a lot of people question the validity of Ohio State even playing in the college football playoff. And as they approach that game with Clemson on New Year's Day, not a lot of people think Ohio State has any shot of knocking off the Tigers. So the Big Ten Conference has taken a fall, at least, in the national conversation and how they are viewed across the country in college football. And I think that's so dumb because I think what the I think what people look at more than the records and more of uh, than who was playing these games was the the lettering, the the name on the front of the jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Because you look at this, you uh, a couple weeks ago it was like what ten teams or however many eight or nine teams had two wins. And so everybody was like, what a terrible conference this is. Well, I agree with you because uh, to an extent, because it doesn't look as good, right? Michigan's not on top. Penn state's not on top. Wisconsin was struggling. So there's some issues there, but at the same time, you have to recognize that the floor of this conference is rising. Indiana is no longer a guaranteed win. Illinois was not a good team, but they are not a guaranteed win for, you know, half the conference Rutgers, not a guaranteed win. So you have to throw this, you have to throw this stuff in the mix. This is a very deep conference. And obviously with the cancellations played a role into the fact that all those teams had two wins at whatever week six or week seven or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But I think that people ran with that and said, Hey, look, this league is, you know, half the league is two and four or two and three or two and two or whatever. And didn't recognize, you know what? Rutgers is playing pretty good football. You know, Indiana's playing really good football. So it's not just your typical, this isn't the sec where Alabama is going to be good. I mean, yes, Ohio state's going to be good every year, but it's not Mm -hmm. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, you know, those, those four or five teams at the top every year, this is now a conference that is going to see Indiana in the top two or three on a regular basis. This is a conference that's going to see in the big 10 West, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, every team in the big 10 West could win it. This like the, one of the, I can't remember which ACC division it was where they went through a cycle of having each member win it one year. Um, I think that's something that could be possible in the Big Ten West. I don't know that that's actually going to happen, but it just shows how deep this conference is. So it's really frustrating when people say the conference isn't as strong as it once was because I think it's as strong now as it's ever been. It's just the fact that the perennial powers are not always going to be on top. And I think people in the know, good, smart people in the Big Ten Conference make that point that Dustin just made beautifully there. But when you see from a national perspective, Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin having down years, obviously that criticism is going to take place. And that was one of the biggest gripes I had with Indiana was the fact that people look at Indiana and instead of saying, oh, this is a six and one Big Ten football team, that goes to show how good they are. They said Indiana is playing well in the Big Ten. Ah, the rest of the conference must suck. No. Not the case. Indiana is a very good football team. That game against Ohio State was a true top 10 tilt. 
And that is how I will remember Indiana in the 2020 Big Ten football season. You got all of our memories and our takeaways from the 2020 Big Ten football campaign with Dustin Schutte, the managing editor of Saturday Tradition, looking back on the season that was and maybe highlighting some things for the season to come in 2021. Dustin, always a pleasure. Thank you for your insight. Hey, thanks, Ben. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate the work you do. You've done a great job all season, and, and we need to get more people following you because Locked on Big Ten, the podcast has been excellent, and obviously you've had some great content on Twitter. So I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking with you. And I appreciate you. Those were very kind words. What a way to end off the look back at the 2020 Big Ten football season. So many thanks again to my man, Dustin Schutte, not just for the kind words, but for his expertise around Big Ten football this year. He is one of the best minds in the coverage of Big Ten football all season long. If you are not following him, make sure to do that at Schutte CFB on Twitter. Schutte is S-C-H-U-T-T-E CFB. And coming up on tomorrow's episode, one of Dustin's co-workers, Connor O'Gara, who is a senior national columnist for Saturday Tradition and Saturday Down South, gives us some national perspective as we take an early look ahead to the Big Ten Bowl season. Five Big Ten teams are playing in this bowl season, including Ohio State in the college football playoff semifinals. Connor and I give you our confidence level as we take early picks and predictions for all five of those bowl matchups coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until we get to tomorrow, you have a splendid Tuesday.